0: yoo running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie and on this podcast, I am usually watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time, but we're not doing it this week because this week I sat down with MC Chris and I asked him all sorts of questions, all sorts of Aqua Teen related questions, questions about the tour he is currently on, as well as the last show of his last tour that ends in Lodge Room in Los Angeles. He still has some East Coast states coming up, mostly in New York State and Pennsylvania. From there, he goes to the Midwest, and then he goes on to the West to end his tour. So if you're in any of those locations, check the link in the show notes to buy your tickets. This is the last MC Chris tour in the foreseeable future. He says in the interview, he, he doesn't want to be done with touring, but because of his situation with raising his son and everything, it's kind of difficult to do. So you really, really, really want to see him now if you haven't seen him yet. Unfortunately, I only had 30 minutes with Chris today, and I did ring up to him that I would love to have him on at some point after I cover the Little Brittle episode so I can ask a ton more questions more comprehensively going through his career because he wasn't just the voice of MCP Pants. He was also a production assistant on all of season two of Aqua Teen and a lot of season one. He worked on Brack Show, C-Lab. He did so many other things that I just did not have time to talk to him about today. But despite that, I asked so many Great questions that I just, I I can't believe some of the stuff he told me here in terms of working on I Want Candy, you know, his history with Aqua Teen, as well as if he would make more MCP pants stuff even on his own outside of Aqua Teen. So definitely stick around to get some of these answers. Real quick before we jump into it, I want to thank Dan the man for setting me up with this. He, He put me in contact with the promoter for the LA date, the last show of the last tour. So thank you so much, Dan. And thank you, Jeremy, for hooking me up with this. So without further ado, Let's jump into it. Obviously, I talk to a lot of Aqua Teen fans, my podcast. I try and involve the the fans a lot of the show. And the vast majority of them love MCP pants. It's their favorite villain. But when I ask them, I'm like, oh, you know, are you familiar with MC Chris's music? A lot of them, honestly, are like, oh, not really. I didn't know that he did music or anything like that. And I, I I assume this is something you've kind of battled with throughout your career to some extent. But first of all, do you just have any sort of general pitch to these people who love your music in Aqua Teen that haven't stepped in and listened to it outside of Aquatine?
1: If I had to pitch it to somebody who didn't know my music, I would just say, you know, um... It's a lot like what you hear on the cartoons, but it's more personal and autobiographical, but also uh, it's more lighthearted than most rap. It's more kind of uh, comedic. Um, I think, you know, very simply put, I rap about Star Wars and nerdy things that you probably like. You know, my goal as a writer was always to write about stuff that I knew about and to not uh put up a lot of pretense to pretend i'm something i'm not but instead just to rap about the stuff that i was familiar with like star wars and pizza and ninjas and harry potter and the stuff that i knew and liked and um so when i was an uh an adult swim fan before adult swim when it was just space ghost i liked that space ghost was this cult thing that you didn't know about and it was on you know on sundays at like 12 a.m or 3 a.m or whatever it was and It was like hard to find, and only a small amount of people like that. I thought that was very cool, but I think that was more of like my younger version of myself not realizing that like the the more people you can get to hear your music, the better. Especially mine, because um, it has this message of you know just loving who you are, uh, no matter who you are, and
0: to you know take pride in yourself. I don't know if there's a specific song or album you would suggest somebody to check you out for the first time outside of Aqua Teens music? I
1: think my best album is MC Chris is Dead, which is like has this zombie theme and uh, has some of my best songs on it. But, um, you know, I put out albums. I've been doing this for about uh, 20 years. and I put out albums every year and they all have skits that feature a lot of really funny people. And um, but MC Chris is Dead is pretty much known as my like best album. Um, And so I would say go check that out. And people like the songs Pizza Butt and uh, Hoodie Ninja a lot. Uh, Hoodie Ninja was featured in a Honda national campaign. There have been some national conventional things that have happened with me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I have some bangers in there.
0: (laughs) Right on. Um, how did the process of writing I want candy work? Did Matt and Dave write it with you? Did they just give you some plot points and and let you run free on it? How did that go about? They give me plot points and they'll say they'll want the
1: first verse to be like this sweet sounding thing. There's actually a song, um, by little bow wow, I think called I want candy Mm -hmm. that came out. Right at the time of like 2002 or so. And so I think they're parodying that. Uh, I had auditioned for multiple Aqua Teen roles ever since I moved to Atlanta. And, um, you know, I was in lots of different pilots, auditioned for The Leprechauns and for Moth Monster Man. And um, I did a lot of different things, but uh, nothing ever clicked. And so they just, I think they just figured, like, okay, he's not really fitting the writing that we're coming up with let's write something specifically for him mm-hmm. and because i was a staff member at c lab and eventually i moved over to william street and i left c lab and um you know so i was just always around and once i became like somebody who was just like a fixture in the office they tried to find stuff for me when i was in c lab they had uh you know told me they had written something for me and um and I, did, I don't believe I had to audition for it. I think I just, it was just written for me mm-hmm. and I came up with a voice for them. And then they told me what the, um, you know, what the, the premise of the song was the first half would be very sweet and the second half would be very threatening. Mm-hmm. And then eventually by the end of the song, I would just reveal my plot.
0: Uh, and it would just be a part of the song. So which gotcha. would make me a bad villain. Um, did like how did you guys get the beats for that one? Was that did was that your responsibility <clears throat> to find the beats for it, or uh, did no, they have something? Uh, schoolie D came up
1: with something, and he made the theme. the original uh theme for I Want Candy is by Schoolie D.
0: This is kind of arbitrary, but would you happen to remember if the song was written before or after the episode was like recorded?
1: Uh, I don't recall that. Um, I think I had written the song. Um, I think they they showed me the script and then told me what, so, what they needed the song to be, and then I wrote mm-hmm. the song, and I think I did the recording all at once.
0: Gotcha, okay. Because I noticed... It's either in MCP Pants or Super Sirloin, where Meatwad says some lyrics from the song that aren't actually in the song, if you listen to the the full song. So I was just kind of wondering, yeah, how that came about timeline-wise. Yeah,
1: no, with with something specific like that, they never asked me to incorporate that line uh, into... And then for like the movie, um, Insano Flex, I didn't write any of that. I was just doing what they had written ahead of time. But for, for the other reincarnations of mcp pants, where there got to be a song and there got to be a song on the donk side pieces mm-hmm. uh, they basically just told me what they wanted and i would you know just kind of uh make it you know show the order
0: right right on okay so um my question for you now is while writing and recording i want candy did you imagine that you would be performing that song for the next 20 years that like it would be as big of a hit as it was no any of the
1: things that I've done with, like with Feds Vet, um, mm-hmm. I say Feds Vet is the best um, gateway song for me. I forgot to bring that up, but yeah. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, like Feds Vet, I'm still performing and I talk about it every night during my tour now, where I'm like, I wrote this song in 1999. It's 23 years old. It's older than some people in this room. And, um, and with I Want Candy as well too, you know, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen with anything when you make it um but then it has a life of its own and the offensive vet has taking me to like all different kinds of uh places and experiences from adult swim to skywalker ranch to working with mm-hmm. kevin smith um you just have no idea what's going to come of these things and it's weird to me that aquatine has i mean when the first time i toured in tw- in 2005 i saw that aquatine uh, held a special place in the hearts of like young people across the country and in, in a way that i related to like the ramones or something that uh happened before them in earlier generations like just it, it wasn't just like you know something that they were consuming it was something meaningful that they were consuming and i always attributed that to being like Aquatine came on after 9-11 and because aqua premiered one week before 9-11 that Mm -hmm. there's this whole generation of people that were watching adult swim that didn't really want to deal with anything and then had all this brand new content to kind of uh latch on to and um and so the connection was like stronger than something that might have happened down the road although you know huge things like rick and morty and futurama and family guy those uh people like connected with those things as well a really big way much bigger than aqua teen but i think that in the beginning the connection that was made between the aqua teen shows uh and just those kids watching the shows and the first when it, when it first ran it's almost like they went through vietnam together and so they're just um just forever linked uh because right. of that mm-hmm. and so it just means so much to them but yeah you know i perform i Want candy during my tour every night and uh you know, I say to people, "This is my life now," and it's a joke. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm. I've always said to people when they say, "Like, do you get annoyed doing Fetts or I want candy. I'm like, I'm glad that there's something that connects with people, and it's, it's my pleasure to, you know, to relive that moment and forget about where what we're going through currently or mm-hmm. whatever this may be. And like, let's pretend it's the early aughts again, even though that too wasn't a great time. But I think that we found each other in that time period was what was great about it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's my last kind of Aqua teen question and I'm not a hundred percent sure how to articulate this one, but have you ever thought of doing additional MCP pants songs, either like by yourself going rogue and just doing them or maybe hitting up Matt and Dave? Um,
1: I've never, i never asked them to make an album. Um, you know, but I, I, it's weird to me adult swim seemed to have a uh conflicted opinion or relationship with me where they were very into hip-hop and concerts and making albums um and aqua Teen and uh but for some reason they never really wanted to do a full mcp pants project
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but you know, I I, I always attribute it to like it's got to come from Matt and Dave. Like it's got to be their idea to do it. Like the Aquadock side pieces thing. It, they never would have made a new MCP pants short had not, had they not been like, let's revisit this character. Mm-hmm. And they didn't revisit it for like eight years uh, at least. Um, and so you know, I think with the changing of the Garden, Adult Swim from Mike Lazaridis to Mike Willen, then I think that um, a lot of things that that worked in the past that just that Proved to have longevity were brought back because it was really never fully understood why it was taken away and um but yeah i think it would have to come from matt and dave that they'd have to say we want to do this thing i i wouldn't do it um just because i i wouldn't own it and i wouldn't profit as much from it and um it's always better to just make mc chris stuff but mc chris is like basically mcp pants it's the same it sounds exactly the same right it's you know the same writer the same performer Mm -hmm. it's like basically there's 15 mcp pants albums out there or 18 and uh you know there's tons of content when someone discovers me for the first time they have a lot of work to do because there's so much stuff that i've made right but i think if matt and david said we want to make this album we want to make music videos and we want to do a tour i would be like so happy about it and would love Mm -hmm. to do it uh, and I think fans would love it too. It would be great to open up for Death Clock or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I feel like, um, you know, I may, I may have ruffled Adult Swim's feathers because I had this side hustle in the, in the beginning of the game. And the side hustle being MC Chris. And I think they, they just didn't want me to... I don't know. Be so ambitious. If you ever actually worked there, they didn't want you to really do anything else. They just mm-hmm. wanted you to work there. And, but they love celebrities. So they love bringing in people from the outside and bringing them in. But if you became a celebrity and you were from there, then I think that that may have left not a great taste in their mouth. So, but you know, it's hard for me to say why it never happened or, you know, what the deal is, but definitely, I feel like the Up side pieces was like a huge success and, mm-hmm. and I sounded great. and sounded exactly the same, like no time had passed at all. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, would love to continue that and um, keep doing it. But if nothing ever happened again, I would not be surprised at all.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still nice, though, that you and at least at least Dave, I know, have, have been on good terms, you know, because you, you mentioned ruffling adult swims feathers. But I know that, you know, Dave has always gotten you involved no, with Dave, meals, so it's
1: very supportive um and matt too mm-hmm. you know um when we did the aqua noxide pieces i i made sure that i was very thankful and that i love them so much for including me and and uh you know apologized if i had ever seen bigger than my britches or or too big mm-hmm. for my britch- <laughs> but um, but, you know, they, but then they just turned it around and said, no, I should have been blah, 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 blah. And so it was kind of like one of those things where it's just like a misunderstanding that gets too much time under it. And, um, but yeah, no, I think that, uh, everything's cool with Dave and Matt and I, I think they had made so many Aquatine episodes and they just didn't want to revisit, uh, characters too many times. They wanted right. to work with new and like, that's what that was a thrill for them was to work with new people, new famous people, mm-hmm. and, um, you know i'm famous because of these shows just like the one way that i'm weird i was like a staff member who got cast in the Mm -hmm. show got to be in it like seven or eight times and uh and then that it really connected with the audience um but that didn't really happen anywhere else nobody else who was staffed and who was an animator was was doing these things so so i think it was a weird thing had i been like uh more famous than i am and and been in show, tv shows that i would see more attractive to them i think but i think that's just the way that they that's like their space ghost mindset is they mm-hmm. wanted to bring in celebrities because that's how you bring attention to your product you don't really want to bring in something that you created because you feel like that's played out
0: so you're a month into your tour so far i looked at the dates you're a little bit over half over with the tour it looks like um yeah how, how has it been going, and, and more so, because this is your first tour since 2019, I believe, or at least your first shows. How has it kind of differed from your expectations? It seems like I've just seen so much love that you've been getting. And you post like pictures of people who are like, yeah. oh, this guy noticed me. This woman noticed me at FedEx and all this stuff. It just seems like it's been crazy. Yeah,
1: it's very weird to, to re-enter the world. I live in Los Angeles where it's very... Uh, life is very isolated and you don't really see people. Before that, I lived in New York where I would bump into people and see them on the train and they would know who I was. And, um, but then the masks came on and, and people stopped recognizing me. And, and I had personal things going on in my life that I couldn't, that made it difficult to focus on, uh, my career. And, um, you know, but then the two, I, I decided around October or November that like, I felt like COVID was going away and that if I was going to do a tour next summer, I'm a single dad, my child wouldn't be in school. And that would be like the one time I could mm. go out that I would have to book it as soon as possible because people would be fighting over these dates. So I ended up booking this tour in two weeks in November and, um, I booked every day that I could. And, uh, without even thinking about like, can you do this? I just know <laughs> I want to, finished a 50 day run where I did 50 shows back to back with no days off for weeks. And, um, it was very, very difficult. Um, but, uh, yeah, being able to come back out and see the fans again, it's been crazy. There've been sold out shows and, uh, so much enthusiasm, so much emotion, people coming up to me at the end of the night crying and an extraordinary connection has been made between my fans and I, and, um, to, you know it's advertised as the last tour because i don't really know how i i'm touring with my son right now he's right behind mm-hmm. me i don't know how i can continue to do this with what and take care of him at the same time although he's had a great time and we've had a lot of fun doing these shows um but the fans have been you know just really enthusiastic they've been buying more merch than i've ever experienced in my life uh it's like it's as if we all like we're frozen for two years. We just became unfrozen, and we want to just like do the things that we used to do beforehand, but now with even more abandoned, you know, like mm-hmm. we want, uh, we, we just want to buy everything on the merge table and we want to get photos and we want to, you know, sign everything that I can sign as mm-hmm. if I really going away, I think there'll still be shows after this and maybe even tours or opening slots. I, I don't know exactly. I'll, I'll know in the upcoming months what my plan is. I really uh, like to be uh, more stationary and in L.A., but I, I won't deny that I love to perform for the audience and that I love to see them again. I love to connect with them, and, and I love doing things in a live way. I've always loved improv and theater, and, and that's a big part of who I am. It would be difficult to be like stuck in an office and never seeing fans again. Um, but if by chance I was stuck in an office, it would be hopefully to make something, submit some new content that would only invigorate the MC Chris side of mm-hmm. my life. Um, so I would think it would come back again. But by chance it doesn't. I'm just focusing on the fans and being really appreciative of them and uh, the good times that we've had over the past 15 years of touring.
0: Right on. Um, you mentioned your son being with you. And, and from footage I've seen, he is on. he's on the stage with you. I saw I saw him in a video uh, with a lightsaber. Uh, was he nervous to do that initially? No, I you know I don't want him there. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, I, I, not that I don't love being with him. I love being with him, and I love him being on stage. But it, you never you never see rappers with their kids on stage. Um, but what I found out over the the tour is that um, I'm most comfortable with him being as as close to me as he can be. I don't like putting him off in a green room or something where I can't yeah. see him. And uh, I don't have any help or any staff to watch him and even if I did I think he'd want to be on stage it's very similar to how I used to be when I was his age I wanted to be on stage I wanted to be performing I wanted to be a part of things I wanted to be a part of the show I love going to work with my dad so I just remember how I felt when I was his age and he's really fearless you know he he really just wants to get up there and have a great time and tell jokes and be like his dad Mm -hmm. and and I think it's a very normal thing for him, and I'm very protective of him. And uh, that's the only reason I don't want him to be there is because I'm just I don't want anything to happen to him. Right. But we've been out. We've been out for a month, and nothing's happened to him. You know, I've taken really great care of him, and he's been okay. And the everybody loves to see him, and mm-hmm. and they love to see me with him. And I think it's just kind of uh, where I'm at right now in my life that uh, I couldn't really. I didn't really have any other options but to do that. But mm. I think that he's having a great time and I love him being with me. And so we're very happy to, to be touring. Yeah, we've, gotten, awesome. we've gotten into the groove of it and we got our routines down and we know how each day goes and he's enjoying all the McDonald's and amusement parks and all the fun stuff that we do. Um, and, you know, and I, I enjoyed knowing that he's okay and safe. And, and yeah. that's what I love.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be like a great memory for him because for me growing up, my dad was in a uh, country cover band around the northeastern Illinois area, and I would go with him to to his show. So I have like tons of great memories. So I can only imagine, you know, obviously you're a much bigger act than my dad was. You're going on a national tour. So that's just going to be some awesome memories, I think, for him. I think it's really cool for him to,
1: you know, we've been to like the Lincoln Memorial, we've been to. Uh, Texas and Florida and, and D.C. And and I love, you know, I've been on tour so many times. It's all kind of like blasé for me or just mm-hmm. run of the mill. I've seen everything a million times, but now I can be like, look out the window and I love hearing him say, whoa, oh my gosh, look <laughs> at that. Uh, you know, it, it really... Uh, makes it a lot more thrilling than I'm used to. Um, I like him being close and I like him being with me and and uh, I think he gets to see the whole country which is like, I mean when I was a kid I only got to see Illinois and Indiana and I
0: pretty,
1: <laughs> yeah. very flat boring places so um, book time will tell the tale like what he thinks about all this when he's older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I you know I, I often encourage him to like take a break and like you can sit on the side and just you know look at your iPad or something and he just does not want to do that. <laughs>
0: he's uh taking the opportunity to be in front of a of a crowd i suppose
1: i I think i think you know you feel the energy of a crowd and it's very uh alluring and addictive and and the rush of adrenaline is is probably something he can't deny and Mm -hmm. so you know
0: i think he's just he he may be just born for this you know right yeah yeah so like i said you're about halfway through your tour you still have a few east coast states i know in, in new york and I think a Pennsylvania date and then you hit the Midwest and then you're on to the West Coast and your tour ends in LA. Do you have any like big plans for this show? For example, I know that Jonah Ray is doing his You Can't Call Me Al uh, show there with you. Yeah, Our- that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are are Crunk Witch going to be there as well, or is that just Jonah no, Ray?
1: Crunk Witch will not be at that last show. It's like that's a week after the the main bulk of the show, uh, the tour has ended, um, mm-hmm. so they won't be there. But I've never performed with Jonah before, and uh, I think, call it a hunch, but we're probably fans of each other's work, and so that'll be cool to see him. When I came to LA, um, I think he was called Nerd Melt was just kind of coming to an end. So his whole t- his whole um, like run in LA, uh, was shifting into other things like MST three K. And, um, so it's like, I never really got to see, uh, what kind of world he had set up in this back of this comic book store, but it'll be nice to meet him and to play with him. And, uh, we did a show already in Anaheim and it was one of my most well-attended shows of tour. And just the vibe with all these shows has been like, you know, there's just so much love. And, uh, you know, everyone's really excited to do this again and uh, to do these songs again. These songs mean so much to these people. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that the show got set up and that we could do it again because there's lots of people that didn't know I was touring because I didn't uh, make a sponsored ad until like halfway through the tour. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to resist Facebook as best I can. Uh, But, you know, I'm excited for this show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I'll be really excited just to be home.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, you'll have some time off before that one to kind of uh relax a little bit and and put on what yeah. I assume will be a huge, crazy last show of the last tour
1: yeah, exactly I'm very, very excited about it um, and then we do like Dragon Con, uh, in Atlanta a couple of weeks later, and then I have nothing booked uh all fall, so uh we'll see what happens um uh, mm-hmm. you know for right now this these are the last shows, and right. uh you know I'll be really excited to to play this last one, especially with Jonah and his band. I can't wait to hear what they do. I hope to get you
0: home a MC Chris, what a pleasure it was to talk to him. It was just a great experience, and I really look forward to talking to him again. Again, he's still on tour. You can still see him. Like I said, he's got some Northeast states and he's hitting the Midwest, then the West Coast. Link in the show notes for all those shows. Really, really, really just go see him. It, it, it's a great time. Of course, I know a lot of our listeners are in California. If you are in the Los Angeles area, Chris will be playing at Lodge Room with Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray, he was on the Nerdist podcast, which was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. Very funny guy. And that show is just gonna be crazy with the both of them. So you don't want to miss it. Link specifically to the LA tickets in the show notes. But of course, link to all the show dates in the show notes. If you ain't catching MC Chris on this tour, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Come on now. But all right, that is it for me this week. Thank you so much for listening along. Just some great info from Chris there, stuff that I have not found anywhere. I, I learned so much about the, you know, production of the MCP pants episode, which as of now of what we've covered is my favorite Aqua Teen episode, although an upcoming episode will dethrone it. But next week, next Monday, we've got the Broodwitch episode finally coming at you. It's been over a month in the making. Excited to get that one out and keep going forward. But all right, thank you to our number one in the hood G tier patrons, Sean, Ian, Kenan, Captain Buford, Brian, Robison, and Carl. You guys can fet my vet any day of the week. Hope you're having a good summer, everybody. Talk soon. Bye-bye.